he propositioned me for a three-way with him and his best friend, then him and his best friend and his wife. And I was like, dude, it's not going to happen. But thing is like, okay, this is my bad. I kept entertaining it because it was hilarious. Because you're like, where else is he going to take it? He's like, oh, what are you doing Sunday? Me and my best friend and his wife are going to like, you know, romp together. I was like, oh, I think I'm busy then. Thank you for the invitation though. Also- that's really aggressive for a Sunday. It's like people are trying to meal prep. They're trying to go to bed early. Like they're not trying to have a foursome. They're trying to go to church. Like, <laughs> like seriously, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Welcome back for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I am really excited for today's guest. This was actually a referral from my high school friend, David Zeff, and he was an amazing guest in his own right. I'm so honored to have interviewed him about a very vulnerable phase of his life. And today we are going to interview Caitlin Zeff, his older sister. And, you know, I've just heard so many great things about her through David for such a long time. And we immediately clicked on some of the struggles of dating when we connected during our first call. So Caitlin, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. This is a new experience, but I'm totally down for new experiences. And honestly, every one of David's friends that I've met have been amazing. So I knew you were going to be as well. So thank you, Leslie. Aww. Yeah, so excited to have you. And so you are joining us from New York. So, you know, we have some perspective across the country. And so would love to kind of dive in with just kind of a little bit of your background, like how long you've lived in New York, what part of New York you're in, current dating status, all of that great stuff. Yeah, totally. So I came to New York over seven and a half years ago coming from San Francisco, went to school in the Bay Area, Berkeley, grew up in San Diego. So honestly, I identify with California, probably more Bay Area at heart, but moved here with a job, like kind of did an internal transfer, didn't know anyone, knew a high school friend, and I slept on her couch for a month on the Upper West Side before I found a place, had a roommate for a couple years on the Upper East. And then did the solo thing for the first time, like two years after I moved here. Oh, wow. And for those who know New York, I moved to the East Village, which was just a wonderful community, really young, vibrant area. A lot of like NYU kids live there. So a little bit younger Mm -hmm. than me, but still, I like love that energy. I was in the East Village for five years. And then once COVID hit, I was living in tiny, tiny studios. I loved it. It was so quaint. You know, that's what we use the word for tiny. It's quaint. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when COVID hit, like, I just thought I need more space. I'm going to be working from home. So I moved Mm -hmm. to Midtown East, which if I look down the street, like the Empire State Building is there. It's like a couple of blocks away. So very centrally located. And yeah, I moved back in March. And yeah, I think I just started dating as soon as I got here, like seven, eight years ago. Like that was what, 2014, I think when I moved. Yeah, yeah, 2014. 
And I just started using Tinder. Like, I think the apps were new just when mm-hmm. I moved here. And I was like, oh, Tinder, like, you know, it was just known as the hookup app, which I still kind <laughs> of is, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to break out of that. Exactly. That was the only option. So mm-hmm. I started kind of really online dating once I came to New York. Before that, when I was in San Francisco, like, I'm a date myself, but I went speed dating once. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Every guy that I talked to was like, I'm a software engineer. I'm a software engineer. Oh, which, gosh. Yes, yeah, I can only imagine. Exactly. Which nothing is wrong with that. But, you know, girl loves a little bit diversity regards to everything, mm-hmm. including occupation. So it was really nice to kind of get out of that scene, that sort of Silicon Valley scene mm-hmm. and come to New York. And honestly, I've been very up and down with the with the online dating sort of situation. I think mm-hmm. a lot of women go in waves of this is so exciting, like so hopeful, and then you get burned out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think as of now, coming out of like, not coming out of COVID, like, you know, still in it. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I know everyone's like, coming out of COVID. I'm like, girl, we're still in it. We're not there yet. We're not, we're not there yet. But like being vaccinated, like 2020 did not date at all. I dated someone mm-hmm. into when lockdown happened. And that was really hard. We had to mm-hmm. do the long distance thing because I fled mm-hmm. New York and stayed with David in San Antonio in Texas. <laughs> and we tried to make a long distance thing work and it didn't work, which was unfortunate. I only went on like two dates last year and I thought to myself, well, what's going to happen after the first date? Like, can I trust them? Like I was very mm-hmm. kind of like conservative, yeah, just like kind of scared and, and anxious with everything. As soon as I got vaccinated, I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's go out there, date as many guys as possible. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So I got to say, like, starting back when I got my vaccine earlier in the year, like, I've probably had the most, like, frequent amount of dates ever in my, like, online, whatever Mm. dating history. So Mm -hmm. this is where I am. I'm still dating, you know, and... (laughs) trying to put myself out there. (laughs) Honestly, I applaud you. And so even going back to just you saying, oh, I moved to New York and I knew one high school friend, that in itself is really admirable. I feel like it really speaks to how outgoing you are and like how willing you are to put yourself out there. Also the speed dating thing, little side story. I wanted to go speed dating with one of my guy friends like back when I was still dating and we ended up doing a virtual speed dating thing during the pandemic. It Mm. was you know, about as like glamorous and exciting as you might imagine. So not very, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I think it's really great that you're throwing yourself out there, especially because I feel like for everyone who took a hiatus dating during the pandemic, it's like already so difficult to put yourself out there in general. And then when you have a year plus of not really having any practice, you're probably just like an extra rusty. And so I love the fact that you're diving in head first. And so I would also love to hear a little bit about the guys who you've kind of encountered since you moved to New York. Mm. And I know you said that there was kind of the stereotype of the tech bro who you might encounter in the Bay Area. And I think we have a pretty clear idea of what that is stereotypically. Of course, not everyone's the same, but like maybe the Patagonia vest, (laughs) like working in a certain job, like certain hobbies. But what types of guys did you meet in New York? Or is there not necessarily a commonality because there is that diversity? Yeah. yeah. You know, there are the stereotypes. Like you're saying like SF, you got the 
Silicon Valley, like the man child never grows up. And if mm-hmm. you're going to talk to like any woman in New York, they're going to come up with the stereotypes of like the finance bro, which is very much the same. You got that Patagonia, Goldman Sachs, mm-hmm. EY, whatever vest. And, you know, they are there. Mm-hmm. But it, it is yeah. so diverse. You have like actors here. You do have engineers. It's across the board, I guess, even like academia, because, you know, Columbia is here and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I got to mm-hmm. say, I haven't had like, you know, a stereotypical guy that I've like dated it has been kind of across the board I'm like trying to go through my like Rolodex of guys I've been on dates with (laughs) and I mean I'm probably not attracted to the finance bro so to speak to me it really doesn't matter Mm -hmm. like what they do it's more of just the connection I have with someone and I gotta say I'm very yeah. picky and I, I've learned this and I know this about myself. Mm. My friends have told me and at first they're like, you're too picky, you're too picky. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am. But who the fuck cares? I'm trying to choose who I want to be with for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like you should be selective. Yes. I'm open to date many different types of guys from many different backgrounds. But when I choose to be mm-hmm. with someone, of course I'm going to be fucking picky, but I have like, I had to cast my net a little wider mm-hmm. in terms of even just like, you know, it's hard when you're swiping, everything is so shallow. Everything is like a resume and it's Mm -hmm. pictures. You can't help but be quite shallow when you are online dating. But even that I've tried to like open my parameters a little bit, especially like with my age group, I'm not embarrassed to say like I'm 35. And what's crazy Mm -hmm. is that now that I've gone back into the dating scene, I'm dating guys who are like divorcees. And it was shocking to me. I went on two dates Mm -hmm. in the same Mm -hmm. week with two different guys who are both divorced, which is nothing's wrong with that. But it's like, oh, I'm of the age. Mm -hmm. I'm of the age where that's happening right now. You know, they've had those relationships. Mm -hmm. But going back to like the type of guys, I got to say, like, there's the guys who they're New Yorkers, you know, they're native New Yorkers, which they're Mm. kind of rare. And I don't see them a lot. It's like, you know, they're like those rare animals or something. (laughs) Because everyone here is like transplants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, the guy that I dated into the pandemic into 2020, he was actually a native like Long Island, let's just say like New York oh. guy. And it's a little bit different. And I think I've noticed my pattern. I'm a bit more attracted to those who have some West Coast ties. There's mm, something yeah. about the personality, a little bit more laid back which is funny because like I can be laid back, but I can also be super anxious. Like that's just Mm -hmm. the Jewish side of me. Um, But it (laughs) is who I am. I got to say, ask my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I just tend to be attracted to someone who has some sort of like, I hate to like, you know, label that because like who knows who I meet Mm -hmm. and then they're going to be completely different, but they do have a little bit more of like a laid back vibe to them. I think. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And I totally know what you mean about people who are born in New York being kind of rare because it's very similar in LA. And actually my boyfriend now, he was born in LA, grew up in the neighborhood that he still lives in now. There was a time when we were at the supermarket together and he like ran into one of his high school friends. And I was like, whoa, that's so weird. So yeah, (laughs) it is definitely like kind of a similar vibe in terms of like how common that is. And I also totally understand what you mean about the personality. And again, like I hate to generalize, but there are certain trends you notice in terms of common interests or common behaviors. And so I can definitely see why growing up on the West Coast, you would 
have an affinity for people who also have that background. Yeah. And I also kind of wanted to dive into you saying you were picky or your friends saying you were picky. And I would love to hear from your perspective, like what is your type? And that can be physically or just mm. in terms of personality interests would kind of love to hear how that's evolved over the course of your dating span. It's funny you say evolved. That's the word that came into mind because my tastes have constantly evolved. Every time I go on a date with someone, I learn what I like, what I don't like. And if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, physically, I'd be like a lumberjack. I want a big mm. brawny guy with like beard and everything because like I'm not a small girl small woman I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm pretty like built in a way and I used to be overweight and so I still have that like kind of hidden within me so I want a guy you can like wrap me Mm -hmm. up like big big dude Mm -hmm. but every time I look back on the guys that I've been interested in those aren't the guys that I've actually like gone on dates with or you know dated a little bit longer I think right now in terms of like who I'm connected to it's someone who has high emotional intelligence. Mm, Like mm -hmm. that is really important to me. I think who is like self aware, who's curious about the world, good Mm -hmm. communicator, very open and honest. And like, I'd like a guy who's a little forward. Like Mm. I enjoy someone who knows what they want to kind of Mm -hmm. pushes me, kind of intimidates me in a way, Mm -hmm. whether it be like, this is where you think that my brother and maybe my sister are going to listen to this, but like, (laughs) whether it be like sexually, you know, like I like a guy who's like, who knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that until like I meet those guys. And at first I'm caught off guard and I'm like, how dare you talk to me like that? I'm a lady. And I'm like, oh wait, no, that's I'm kind of into hot. it. I love yes. that. Like, I love I'm that. Of, I'm like really into it. And then, like it has opened up this whole new like perspective for me. Cause you know what? Like sex is fun. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to talk about that with the guy that I'm with. Yeah. Cause it's so important to me as part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want them to shy away from that. It's not, it doesn't have to all be about mm-hmm. sex, but like communication and honesty and transparency is such a turn on for me. Mm-hmm. Like be curious about me, be curious about the world. And I say the curious part, cause like my friends and I commiserate those who are single and even those who were single before mm-hmm. when we would go on dates, the most annoying thing that could happen is if a guy just dominates the oh conversation and asks like one question of you. Yep. And I understand if there are nerves, but the hottest thing that you can do is listen and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a recruiter. I can have a conversation with anyone, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be attracted to you unless you show some sort of curiosity in me. And I will show curiosity in you. I will ask those questions. I'll get into recruiter mode, but like, (laughs) I'll just do it for the sake of the date and get to know someone. But those Mm -hmm. guys who show curiosity, I'm like instantly attracted to and even if mm-hmm. I'm not like physically right away, I'm like, ooh, I love that. Because everyone loves talking about themselves. I mean, look at me right now. I'm talking yeah. about myself. Like, it's just like, <laughs> that's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you said resonated with me so much. And I definitely wanted to go back to like the forwardness. I love that too. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know that like there's debate, for example, about people saying like, okay, the first time you kiss someone, do you want them to ask or do you want them to just go for it? And like, Obviously, I'm not saying like, yeah, just like go for it if she's not into it. But I think, you know, the expectation and the hope is that you're with someone who can read the situation and be like, this girl is into me, like she wants me to go for it rather than being like, can I kiss you? Like when someone asks me that, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, like that just kind of like, I want to say ruins it for me, but it takes away some of the excitement for me. I get that. But there was one time. So the guy that I dated into the pandemic 
on our first date, we just like clicked right away. It was really nice. We actually met organically at a New Year's Eve party, which hmm. was crazy. Like that's all what we want is to meet organically. Honestly. I just want to meet someone. So it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, we asked for my number that night. And then the next day I'm like, I don't remember what he looks like. Anyway, we went on the date at the end of the day, he drove me home and we had a good time talking. He's like, can I kiss you? And then like in that moment was really nice. Aww. And I like the like boldness, you know, it's like, yeah. the permission was nice, but at the same time, like, it's not even just about the physical part, but just being bold of what you want, like complimenting mm. me, be like, you look mm-hmm. so hot. Like, I don't want to hear that when I'm texting you for the first time and like, no. girl, you look good. Like, no, 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 no. Let's talk a little <laughs> yeah. bit and then yes. like get into it. Right. But it's funny because I used to be like, no, a guy who's like, they talk about like sex right away is a little bit of a turnoff, but like further in, if they know how to like, weave that part in it's it's pretty hot (laughs) yeah no it really is and like I still remember on my first date with my now boyfriend like I showed up first and then like he walks in and I got up to greet him and I think the first thing he said to me is like wow you look stunning and I was like oh love that compliment (sighs) so much like it just started the tone of the date right and it was like a good compliment to where it wasn't like, oh, you look really hot or something you know it was like it's nice Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. not like too far Yes. It's like they have to know the line. And, you know, like guys will always push the line in every sense of the word, whether it be like verbally, physically, whatever. They're always going to see how far they can go. And like it is a fine line to walk. And I get it It is hard for guys. But I think I've learned about myself. I like the forwardness. To me, it shows confidence, you know, and confidence to me is so hot, Mm -hmm. not cocky. Right. You don't have a chip on your shoulder trying to prove something. But like, you know who you are, you know who you want and who you want is me. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's like, obviously you want to feel confident that your partner is excited about you and desires you. That's so important. Otherwise you just have a friendship. So of course you need to make sure that that's clear. hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, I've been listening to, have you listened to sex with Emily? You know, I haven't listened to her podcast, but I used to listen to her. She was like a host on Loveline, which is like a radio show that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. And then I've heard her on podcasts that I listen to. She's amazing. Yeah. And I've been listening to a lot of her and she's just made me feel more comfortable about being able to talk about sex with someone, being able to express what you want and desire and fantasies. And I think that's so important when you get into a relationship mm-hmm. and to sustain it, mm-hmm. right? Because it takes work. It's not just about like, oh, it's hot and heavy in the beginning. And then it could literally fall flat. Even if you two like each other, like it's going to constantly take communication in and outside the bedroom. And it's just something mm-hmm. that I like took from her that I'm looking for in my you know, partner, my future partner, whoever he is. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. You need yeah. someone who's comfortable talking about that and who just places the same degree of importance on that as well, you know? Cause like if they talk about it, but you yeah. value sex and intimacy to vastly varying degrees, that can be a problem in itself as well. That's true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. So you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to circle back to, and that was, you know, regarding the fact that you said you kind of went through this weight loss journey and you used to be a little heavier. And so I feel like when we initially talked, I know you mentioned that you kind of like went through this weight loss journey in your mid twenties. And I feel like your mid twenties are already such a pivotal time for like dating and figuring out what you want in a relationship outside of anything else. Then kind of going through this transformation and this journey, it must've kind of been even more impactful and just 
added a whole other layer of things to figure out. And so I would love to hear, were you kind of dating throughout the weight loss process or were you like solely focused on this and then focused on dating after the fact? Yeah. Yeah. So I was overweight my whole life and not even like extremely overweight, but like, as I got older, I got progressively more overweight and I'm kind of short. So any sort of weight I put on, you know, looks like a lot. I never felt confident in my body up until I started that journey. So I really started losing weight around maybe a year or so after I graduated, like 20, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really date until after that. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit of a late bloomer, I would say. And it just, it came from a lot of like really low self-esteem. I didn't think any guy would want me because of my weight, which is horrible because women and men of all shapes and sizes can be loved regardless of Mm -hmm. how you look. And we see it and it's all about like your confidence. But unfortunately, I didn't think that anyone would like me, want to be with me, date me until I lost weight. Mm -hmm. That sort of thinking is still something I am trying to undo, even as I'm now probably in the best shape of my life. Like it's Mm -hmm. something that has stayed with me. But yeah, once I started like really actively trying to lose weight, then I started gaining a bit more confidence. Mm -hmm. People start complimenting me more, which is great and also really hard because then you rely on that external validation from Mm -hmm. everywhere and you think your self-worth is like based on that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I've been in therapy for like five years and Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to like take care of your body as well as your mind. And it's something Mm -hmm. that I'm probably going to be working on my entire life, like this confidence. And I've come a really long way. But yeah, I didn't really start dating until I started really losing weight. I'm 5'3 on a good day, like 5'2 point whatever. (laughs) Um, And I think I was maybe my heaviest close to like 200 pounds. Um, And Mm -hmm. sometimes I look at side by side pictures of where I am now versus then. And it's a big difference. And it's it's good. Mm -hmm. Like I want to lose it for my health. Because unfortunately, Mm -hmm. my dad passed being overweight, diabetes and heart attack. And I didn't want to go that route. And the other thing is like, I really wanted to like live the life that I thought I should be living. It's unfortunate that I kind of held myself back from experiencing Mm -hmm. so much in terms of, you know, dating because of my weight. But once I did, that's where the confidence started coming in and I started actually putting myself out there. And I think the speed dating was one of the first things I did, which is crazy because I didn't meet anyone from the speed dating event, but I met a guy who was at the bar like that oh. the, the event was taking place at. Cool. And we started dating a little bit. That was like the first guy who I like, I actually like really, really dated for like a couple of months. So It just like, it did give me a good boost of like Mm self-esteem, but it's something that I still struggle with. Like even now, I think coming out of COVID, you know, we all talk about like Mm COVID-15 or whatever. And like, I fluctuate Mm -hmm. every year, every time winter comes around, I put on that winter weight, you know, got to stay warm (laughs) in New York. (laughs) And then coming out of this, I'm like, well, I spent a whole year not dating anyone or connecting. And I really want to look good and feel Mm -hmm. good about myself. And I did, I like made the effort, I worked out a lot and I'm trying to put myself out there more and not even in a sense of just like, you know, for the purposes of dating, but just to like Mm -hmm. connect with people, to talk to guys, just be a little bit more open. I'm talking to everyone in the elevator. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Anyone with a dog, Mm -hmm. usually easy opener, easy opener. Exactly. It's like always going to be a struggle for me, but like, I 
feel probably the most confident that I have in a really long time about like the way I look, which again, I you mm-hmm. keep using this qualifier. It shouldn't have to matter, but it, it does. You know, we all care about kind of how we look and it does give us confidence. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And confidence is such a tough thing. I feel like for everyone, no matter what you kind of went through earlier on, it's like there might be something that impacts your confidence and it's so hard to just kind of overcome that. And what you said about guys thinking you're attractive and that kind of being the boost to your confidence, I can definitely relate to that because I remember even from an early age, you know, when like I had friends who would have guys ask them out or have boyfriends and I didn't have my first kiss until I was 16. Like that definitely impacted my confidence. And I was like, nobody thinks I'm attractive. And so I think then my confidence only started to rise where I'm like, oh, okay, like guys are attracted to me and like someone does want to kiss me. And that's very sad, you know, to like tie your self value into how men relate to you from like a sexual or attractiveness perspective. But I can definitely relate to that. I wish it weren't like that because sometimes I think I'm my best self when I'm around people I'm comfortable with, like my girlfriends back home, my family, I'm like, I don't like to compliment myself. Like it's a little awkward, but like I can be a very Mm -hmm. funny person. I can be very witty and on. And I wish I could just carry that with me throughout the rest of my life, but it ebbs and flows. You know, we have bad days. We have good days. Mm -hmm. And it is really nice when someone, especially a guy or someone you're attracted to pays you a compliment. It's a little bit of like a drug hit, Mm -hmm. but I think I'm really conscious right now that I don't want to tie my self-worth to those external validations. And and it's hard. It's really, really hard because it feels Mm -hmm. very good when you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to fully break free from that, unfortunately, but I guess that is the benefit of therapy and kind of talking through these things. For me, I feel like sometimes the podcast is therapy, not a replacement, (laughs) but it's definitely helped. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of Brene Brown, I think recently, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah. And just the things about, you know, being your wholehearted self and everything. And I think there's a lot of work that everyone needs to continue to do, especially women. I don't want to discard men. I'm sure like, you know, they have their own issues and things to deal with, but Mm -hmm. it is really difficult, especially with like social media. Like I've taken a little bit of a break from just like being online a lot because, you know, the comparison, I'm very good at comparing myself to people so that I, you know, you go down the Mm -hmm. rabbit hole. Yeah, it's almost impossible not to on social media in particular, you know, even though logically, we all know this is a very filtered, curated version of someone's life. It doesn't stop that mental process from going forward. 100%. That rabbit hole is dangerous. It is. It is. So, you know, as confidence has been something that you've been actively working on and kind of talking about in therapy, do you have any... I hate to say tips because I feel like that really trivializes it. It's like such a journey and it's beyond just like a tip of like, oh, do this thing and your whole mindset will change. But are there any behaviors that you've noticed that have helped or any, I don't know, just like anything that you've kind of like taken away from the experience that you think could be helpful for anyone who's going through confidence issues themselves? Yeah. And, you know, I can only speak for my own experience and what helps me, but for me, like, working out has been huge and not just so that I physically look good, Mm -hmm. but I feel good. It's become so part of my day-to-day routine, almost like brushing my teeth Mm -hmm. that if I don't, something feels off and I don't want to get into the area of like, I'm working out every day because I'm not, Mm -hmm. but even just like a walk 
for my like mental health makes me feel good. Like I'm a very, I'm a person who gets in my head a lot. I -hmm. overthink. And when I'm having a down day, I need to get outside. Like Mm -hmm. I need to be doing something, need to like talk to a friend, um, like get on my rowing machine, go Mm -hmm. boxing, like get out that sort of like stress or whatever is happening. That for me is the easiest way to kind of like boost my confidence, but there's no one, you're right. There is no one like quick tip or trick. And I think the other part, someone said to me before that progress isn't linear. And I think that's Mm, important to remember because if you're having those good days, it's okay to have those bad days. And something that I did learn in therapy is like self-compassion. And I'm really hard Mm, on myself. mm -hmm. I have a lot of like negative self-talk and it's like stopping myself in those tracks before I go down again, that really kind of dangerous way of like talking to myself. And I was talking to someone recently and they were having like not a good day. They were like verbally saying out loud that they didn't like look good or whatever. And I'm like, would you talk to your best friend that way? I am my best friend. There's no one that's going to be there for me, but me like fully and knows me. And like, would I talk to my best friend that way? No, we never do. When your friends like, I look disgusting, I feel disgusting or, or whatever. You're like, no, you don't. You're beautiful. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? So I think that's something important to remember is like, you are your best friend. You have to lift yourself up all the time. Yeah. I love that so much because I'm the same way. I feel like I can be so hard on myself. And I think there's this toxic mentality that kind of comes along with it where it's like, oh, but that's good because it causes you to push yourself and like become better. Mm. But it's still damaging, you know, and I have really tried to use that mantra as well as would I talk to my friend that way or would I allow somebody else to talk to me that way? And if the answer is no, you shouldn't be saying that to yourself. It's just hard to break out of that pattern, unfortunately. Exactly. Exactly. I think something my my therapist told me recently, I was just going through like a lull, like a just kind of a downtime. And she's like, I want you, and this is so silly. She's like, I want you in the morning to like give yourself a high five in the mirror. And I haven't been doing that, but I've been winking at myself oh, every morning. I love that. And it is weird. It's a little weird when I'm like, I'm just like brushing my teeth. I'm like, I'm like, okay, you. <laughs> even if even if I'm not feeling it, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling myself right now. And it's just like remind yourself, you know, like you're beautiful, whatever, like. You just need to kind of like lift yourself. I need to like lift myself up in the morning, especially now. Like Mm -hmm. who the fuck cares if we're quote unquote out of COVID or not? We're all still going through so much. Like Mm -hmm. anything that we can do to like give ourselves a little light inside is helpful. I love that because it's also like, I feel like sometimes I feel bipolar. I'll have those days where I'm like, yeah, like I'm killing it. I look great. And then other days I'll be like, you're so gross. And I'm like, you can't go from one to the other within a 24 hour span. So it's so true though. Like I have days where I may feel physically good and then I'll step on the scale, which eh, like, I don't want to advise to anyone. And it might be like a pound heavier. And I'm like, my day is ruined and it is ridiculous. Yeah. And I know that. And I don't want people listening to that thinking that that is something to like hold on to. Mm-hmm. It's just, I know I need to break out of that pattern, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going back to you talking about your dating experience after, let's say not mm-hmm. post-COVID, but post-vaccination and <laughs> the fact that you're really putting yourself out there. I kind of wanted to talk about like dating intentionally, but also the fact that dating mm-hmm. is really a numbers game. I would kind of love to hear mm-hmm. like, what was your mindset and your strategy as you decided you were ready to get back out there? 
Yeah, I think I want to preface this with I I used to take things very personally. Like mm-hmm. if I texted someone, you know, I matched with someone, we were texting, and then I don't hear from them, they don't ask me out, whatever. I would take it really, really personally, and mm-hmm. it would ruin my day, my night, whatever. And it's been a lot of years since I've been like online dating. Obviously, that's not true. Like you never know what's going on mm-hmm. with someone else. 99.9% of the time, it is not about you. Yeah. And I think the whole dating intentionally part came about when I think it was my second date after I was vaccinated and I went on a date with this guy and it happened very quickly. Like on a Saturday we matched and then he was like, Hey, are you free Sunday? Want to go grab a drink? I love that. I love when it's quick like that. I don't want to be talking forever. Um, I'm like, Oh, it's perfect. I'm getting my hair done. So like you can like see me in my like best. We met up in the financial district and it was actually really funny because I'm walking there and he texts me. He's like, hey, do you like dancing? I'm like, wait, what? Mm. He's like, yeah, it's kind of like a dancing scene here. I'm like, oh, my God, COVID. No, scary. Um, <laughs> and we, like, we get there. Oh, I get there. He's the only one at the bar and it's outside. And he's like, I just want to see your reaction or something. And I, I like that. I like a little bit of like the playfulness. <laughs> it was cute. I liked it. Yeah. And we got along really well. I was very confused about his occupation. I thought he was some sort of like security engineer. Mm-hmm. Turns out he worked for the FBI, which oh. was quite interesting. Yeah. But we connected so well. Like it was a lot of like playful banter back and forth. And it was the first guy since COVID that I like kissed, mm-hmm. like made out with. And it was really hot and nice and like kind of sweet too. Mm-hmm. And after the date, he walked me back to the subway and like he held my hand, which was mm-hmm. to me way more intimate oh, than yeah. just like making out with someone. Mm-hmm. And I think he said, as we were like partying ways, he's like text me or something. So I got home. I think I just said, thank you for the night. Didn't hear from him. I'm like, okay, that's all right. Like it's late in the night. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear from him the next day. Okay. You know, he, works for the FBI. Like, I don't know what he's doing during the day. Who knows? Who knows? And then finally he messaged me. He's like, Oh, you know, drink more than I thought. Hope you had a good night or something. And we kind of ended it there. Mm -hmm. And I really thought like, you know, there'd be a second date at least, you know? So I have learned to not wait around. I hate waiting around and being in my head about like, Mm -hmm. are they going to text me? What are they thinking? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to reach out no answer is an answer. So at least I know. Yeah. So I reached out like a day or two later. I was like, Hey, like, what's it going to be a nice day? Do you want to grab like a drink near me or something? Mm-hmm. I think we matched on like hinge or something. He unmatched me like an hour later, he unmatched me and it crushed me yeah. coming out of like not dating for a year, like being hopeful, not that we were in love. Like clearly I, we had one fucking date, but that, things were going really well. Mm-hmm. And like when someone makes out with you, I would think they would want to have a second date. Yeah. And so to be blindsided that way really crushed me. And I'm not embarrassed to say like, I cried that night being like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And obviously at the end of the day, having that happen sucked, but like, well, this is my person. So that's good to know. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I'm telling this story is that I think that I moved into dating after that being like, you know what? I need to stop taking these things so personally. Mm-hmm. And really it is a numbers game. Like I used to be a recruiter and the whole point about recruiting is reaching out to as many people as possible. 
any recruiter listening to this is going to go like, I'm barfing right now. This is disgusting. But no. you reach out to as many people as possible. And it's a funnel. Mm-hmm. You have your reach outs. You have your first calls. You have your on-site interviews. And maybe you mm-hmm. have an offer. And that's literally what it looks yeah. like. It's a funnel. And it gets smaller as you go. And I'm like, with online dating, that's exactly what it is. And it takes the emotion for me out of it. So I told myself after that happened, I still want to meet someone. This isn't going to crush me forever. But like, let me be intentional about how I'm going about it. Let me turn it into a little bit Mm -hmm. of like a side project where at the end of every night, like maybe after dinner, I spend half an hour and that's it, swiping. And you know what? I remain open. And if I spend more time swiping, it just becomes like doom swiping Mm -hmm. in a way. And I get really upset because I'm not matching with anyone which is ridiculous because I barely swipe right on anyone. Like I said, I'm very picky, <laughs> but it worked for me. Like the half an hour, I was like, okay, this is my little side project. I'm a mm-hmm. juice for 30 minutes. And then the rest of my night is free. And I started like lining up a lot of like matches and talking mm-hmm. and just being really light about the situation, mm-hmm. you know, being like playful with everyone. And I lined up probably the most dates that I've had since I moved to New York. Like I was very bad about dating before. It'd be like a date a month, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into like a couple of dates a month, which for me, I'm like, that's, that's 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 good enough. I don't want to have like seven dates. Take it from me. That's not the way to go. (laughs) But that's that's the way I'm approaching it now. Like it is a numbers game because there's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of people out there. And until I meet someone, I just have to keep on rolling, like build the Rolodex, so to speak. So I don't get attached too much to one person. Like when I do meet that person, I do want to hopefully spend time and invest in them. It's just, I haven't really been there yet. Mm -hmm. Your analogy is like, I think it's a perfect one. Honestly, I had another person on the podcast. She works in sales and she like described her potential dates as leads. And I was like, yeah, that is what it is. And she was even saying like, yeah, if I get introduced to somebody through like a friend or a coworker, that's like a warm lead versus like on the app, it's like a cold lead. I was like, that's amazing. And it's so true. And I think that like you had such a great balance of, you know, a lot of times people might go to one extreme or the other where you're just scrolling endlessly through profiles or you neglect the app entirely. And so I love the idea Mm -hmm. of setting a period of time where you're like, yeah, this is my half hour. I feel like it kind of keeps it fun and prevents you from fatigue on the dating apps, but it also holds you accountable to make sure that you're not just neglecting that aspect of your life, which is huge. Yeah. Because you have to put in the work. And I do have to say, Leslie, I've been listening to some of your episodes recently. And I think it was the rom-com one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're talking to the guests about the whole saying of like, it happens when you least expect it. I fucking hate that saying so much. And I'm sorry, like, I know you're dating someone, but all of my friends and relationships at one point said that to me. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear that. Because like, it takes work to meet someone. Yeah, it does. I will never say that. Okay. Like I've (laughs) talked about like my boyfriend on the podcast, like here and there, like haven't dove in like too much, but Mm. it was kind of like a journey, you know, to get to where we are. I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, like it just like landed in my lap and we were so happy. Like, no, it was kind of a process and I'll kind of like give a little story here. And Mm. it kind of alludes to what you were saying about not taking it personally when something happens and somebody stops communicating with you for whatever reason. So 
we met like during the pandemic, we weren't really dating seriously. And then we kind of rekindled, but obviously we weren't exclusive yet. And so I was still on the apps and not really talking to a ton of other people, but I like matched with this guy and I was actually really excited to meet him. Mm -hmm. So I was going to go on a date with this other guy. Literally, it was a crazy work day. I had to cancel our date like 30 minutes before. I felt terrible. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'll make it up to you. Like, let's meet on Tuesday. And I think like it was only two days after we were initially supposed to meet. And me and my current boyfriend decided to be exclusive, not to become boyfriend, girlfriend. We weren't there yet. But Mm -hmm. we were like, yeah, let's be exclusive. So then I had to reach out and be like yeah, I can't go on that date anymore. And it wasn't anything personal. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I would have been excited. But like, I know this person, we have the connection, I'm going to see where it goes, you know? So yeah, yeah, I think anyone who says it happens when you least expect it, or like when you don't try, I just kind of think that's bullshit. Yeah, I'm like, also, I'm never not expecting it. I have to say, like, I'm not trying to come across as desperate. but Like, I want to meet someone. Let me tell you, I've been at a cafe. He's never fallen into my lap. Like it takes work. And, you know, as much as I hate online dating, like this is the way right now to meet people. Like, yes, I'm Mm -hmm. going to the gym. Yes, I'm part of the sports league or whatever, but it just doesn't happen that way. And so this is the alternative. And also dating as a mid 30 year old, majority of my friends are in relationships And I know I'm all dating, but I've been very intentional about talking to them and being like, hey, if you know anyone, like, please set me up because I don't care how I come Mm -hmm. across. Like, that's the point is like, you know, I want to put myself out there, whether it be with online dating or friends of friends, like you just don't know like who and where that person is. Yeah, that's your warm lead. You have to go for it. (laughs) (laughs) exactly where's my referral (laughs) friends (laughs) yeah no I think that's huge and like it's really nice if you can have a friend who sets you up and I think that it's so important because like I think that sometimes there's some sensitivity from people who are in long-term relationships about not wanting to make you feel like the single friend. And so, yeah, you have those people who are like, oh my God, you should absolutely get with this person. But then you have people who might avoid the topic entirely. So making it known that you're open to it, I think is the -hmm. right way to go. Yeah. Well, it's funny when I do mention that most of my friends are like, yeah, well, there's this one guy but I wouldn't like, I would never set you up with him. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, Oh my God. Well, let me be the judge of that. But really no. Yeah, sure no. The number of people things. who would say that to me too. I was like, geez, it's so funny. I'm just like, especially when it's a guy who says mm-hmm. that to you. Cause I'm like, why are they your friend? I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. like it doesn't impact your friendship, but it's like, that's <laughs> kind of weird. If like all your guy friends are degenerates, like what's going on? <laughs> Like, oh, you, you are the company you mm-hmm. keep, they say. I, know. I don't really so, know. So funny. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> So one thing I was super excited to dive into from our conversation is you mentioned you have a friend who created a dating spreadsheet. And I feel like at this point, we've seen those on social media. Like there's this woman I followed on TikTok just yesterday as I was kind of like preparing for the episode who... I felt bad for her because a lot of people like called her crazy in the comments. And I was like, no, I actually, as someone who used to work in consumer insights and data, I can see the value in this. And it's like, you go on so many online dates, potentially you meet so many people. And if this is the best way for you to organize it, then why not? And so I know it's not your experience, but if you could, I would love to hear from your perspective, Mm -hmm. what your friend's experience with the spreadsheet was like and what she might've gleaned from it that she might've otherwise missed. Yeah. Yeah. I think, 
I think she was going through the same dating woes that we all have of ups and downs with like dating and, you know, being excited about a first date, but then not hearing about a second date. And then when you're not interested in someone, but they ask you on the second date and she just wanted to quantify Mm -hmm. it a bit to really understand like how many people it took to really get to someone she was like interested in and who was mutually interested Mm -hmm. in her. So I don't know if it was like back in 2018 or 2017, but she just started tracking how many people, I'm not sure if it was how many people she matched with. It might've been, but like how many first dates and then if she were interested in them, how many of them led to like second Mm -hmm. dates and it just became this like, numbers game, so to speak. And again, I think what I mentioned before, it really took the emotion out of it. And it became like gamifying the system Mm -hmm. a bit, which helped her just kind of like, go through the dates and date without being so attached to like, the guys and to the outcome of what happened. And she started just seeing like, some trends with them and whatnot. I swear, I think she went on like, 40 first dates or something, 40 or 50 first dates to actually like meet someone that she's now with and she's been with for like a year or two. I'm not trying to say like, you know, if we all create a spreadsheet, we're going to (laughs) like meet someone. But I think it just, again, it takes the, you know, that sort of attachment out of like dating. So you're not so like disheartened when maybe something doesn't work Mm -hmm. out. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to click with everyone. Everyone's not going to click with you. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. We forget about that, you know, and it's, it's hard because we do take it personally because like feelings and everything, they can hurt, but it's not easy to like match with some. Yes. There's like millions of guys out there and they're all like available, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be like Mm -hmm. a ton for you. So I think that was her way again of just. gamifying Mm -hmm. online dating and it worked for her she's a very like analytical person and it made total sense and it's funny because I think she mentioned to a few of us girlfriends that she would talk about this spreadsheet on dates with guys (laughs) how did they react to that um you know there's mixed reactions some were like well that's (laughs) a little weird and some are really interested by it but this is who Mm -hmm. she is you know what's Mm -hmm. also telling for someone, how they're going yeah. to react. If they're going to be acting and be curious about it, I think for her, that's like, oh, this is someone who I could probably like mesh with versus someone who'd be like, you're crazy, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be with a judgmental person who's going to like think my method is weird. I like that because my initial instinct would be like, oh my God, do not bring that up at all costs. <laughs> but I do agree with you that it's like, that's who she is. And if she has to hide that because someone is going to judge her, then that's not her person. So why not just let it, let it, let it fly. Let her freak spreadsheet fly. Like she brings her authentic self on dates. And I think sometimes we forget that of like, are they going to like me? What are they going to think of me? And it doesn't fucking matter. Like as long as you're bringing your whole self on a date, if they don't like you, Mm -hmm. amazing. You don't have to waste your time with them. I say that easily, Mm -hmm. but it is hard when you're in the date and you may like be attracted to someone. But at the end of the day, they got to like every single part of you, the weird parts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And like initially, I feel like I kind of alluded to the fact that I went on a lot of online dates and 
I think early on, I would kind of look at, you know, conversion to use another like data <laughs> term into a second date is like, okay, this is success, like a sign that you're a good dater. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, that's not the only sign of success. Like you can't just be non-discerning and be like, oh, if they want a second date, then that's great. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you need to actually see, is this the right match for me? long term? Or am I just kind of going on this date because it's like, okay, we're both interested enough to like move it along to the next date. So yeah, I think being that intentional and upfront is huge. Yeah, that's been hard for me. Because like I said, I want to be a bit more open about who I date and just giving more chances. Because I think with Mm -hmm. in big cities, especially New York, it's very easy to be on a first date and turn around and go swipe again and be like, well, there has to be something better. There's always going to be someone better out there. But like, when do we spend the time to invest in someone? So I think this year Mm -hmm. I've been a bit more like, well, you know what? The date was okay. And sometimes okay or good enough is good enough. And I thought to myself, if they asked me out again, Mm -hmm. then I'd be willing to go on a second date, you know, but it is a fine line of, you know, when is it a, okay, I'll give it another shot. And when is it like a, a no, like I'm just, I just know myself that that's been kind of difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, some of the guys have made a decision themselves and either have, you know, not asked me out or have, and I've just been like, I'm very upfront with them. I will never ghost. I hate it when guys mm-hmm. ghost. I think it's so rude. Mm-hmm. And I've heard yeah. before, it's like, well, they don't owe you anything. I think what people owe each other is just some, respect. It doesn't matter if I met you once and we decide, you know, it it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. And like, I treat those the way I want to be treated. If a guy asks me out, I'm not interested. I'm going to be very Mm -hmm. upfront with them and say, I don't have a connection. The worst thing that I or they could do is just leave you hanging because then you wonder and you spend so much Mm -hmm. mental energy when you don't need to thinking like, well, am I going to hear from them? Did they lose their phone? Did they die? Did they get hit by a car? Like, I hate that. Yeah. that. That drives me insane. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's like kind of what you were saying earlier about you went on this first date with this person and it's like, yeah, you're not in love with them. You don't really know them. But even at that stage, it's very easy to be vulnerable because at that point, if you've had a good first date with somebody, you don't know anything negative about them, mm-hmm. presumably. You know, people kind of hide those negative things. They're on their best behavior. And so all you can do is really take away the great first date and this endless potential of what yeah. they could be and like what you hope they are. So it does still hurt and no one really deserves that. So I, yeah. I'm the same way. I feel like even with that guy who I had to be like, oh, I I can't go on the date with you again. I was very transparent. I was like, I decided to like try things with this guy I was dating before and he didn't respond. I was like, in that case, he doesn't owe me anything, but I was at least like, let me not like unmatch him and have him be like, what the hell, you know, like what's going on? Why yeah. is this girl so flaky? Yeah. I've been like seeing that a lot lately of guys just unmatching me or just unmatching in general. And I don't understand. Like, are they cleaning up their queue? I don't get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, like, I want to date with someone Oh my God, I signed up for like a month of match. I'm like, why the fuck not? Let's just try. Because <laughs> I knew someone who like, it's yeah. always when you know someone who like meets mm-hmm. someone. I'm like, oh, I'll try this way. Went on a date and it was like perfectly fine. I, I was kind of, what I said before, on the fence of like, well, if you ask me out again, I'll, I'll probably say yes, but I'm not mm-hmm. enough for me to like initiate the second date. And I looked like a day later, he unmatched me. There were, and like, there was no communication after we ended the date of like, 
hey, it was good to meet you or whatever. And like, granted, I didn't do that as well. But I don't understand the unmatching part. It's just like, it's a little bit like, owie, that stings a little bit. Like, was it that bad? Mm -hmm. And I know it wasn't, but I don't know. Something I was going to say what you were talking about before, like the ghosting and everything is I kind of switched how I approached dating a couple of years ago when I met this guy at a birthday party and we hit it off. I slyly asked him back to my place to watch friends. Nice. And like, we had like a nice night, you know, just, it was nice. Mm-hmm. And he actually lived in Chicago, but we kept mm-hmm. in touch via WhatsApp. And like, mm-hmm. I didn't think anything crazy would come out of it, but you never know. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm willing to like entertain this. And we just had like a really good connection. I thought, and we kept in touch for a couple of weeks and then slowly he started kind of petering away. I'm like, okay, well, well what happened? Which again, you never know what's going on mm-hmm. in someone's life. Like who knows? He could have had a fucking yeah. girlfriend. I don't know. But then I, I was traveling. And then when I came back to New York, I just kept overthinking it. I'm like, why hasn't he texted me? I haven't heard from him, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I am so tired of waiting around and I had like a drink mm-hmm. after a happy hour. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm going to compose mm. a little text. And I pretty much said like, hey, I just want to say that I thought we had a connection. And I'm not really sure what went wrong. And, you know, let me know if I'm reading the signals mm-hmm. wrong. And if, you know, at the end of the day, you're not interested, this can be an interesting story you tell at a dinner party sometime of some crazy girl who texted you. I <laughs> love it. I drink my wine and I compose <laughs> it on notepad, put it in the text. And I swear my finger was just like, is on like the detonator. I'm like, are you fucking just do it? And I sent it. And it was so liberating because I did not hear back from him. And I was like, mm-hmm. sweet. A no yeah. answer is Check an answer. Off. And I know, and I can let go now. And like, yes, some people may listen to this and be like crazy lady, but no. I don't care. I'm so tired of waiting around. And like, it wasn't like I was texting the guy all the time. There was an expectation and consistency in the communication that fell off. And I hate mm-hmm. that shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm going to put myself out there and the right guy will come back and be like, I'm interested or whatever. And so, uh, you know what? I'm okay kind of putting my crazy self out there and seeing what comes back. Yeah. I love that because you're creating your own closure because had you waited around, you know, it would have taken so much longer potentially for you to finally be like, all right, I'm not going to hear from this person. And like, it would have just taken up so much mental space that you don't need to dedicate to that. And to your point, it's like, okay, yeah, some guys might be turned off by the fact that you're so forward, but it doesn't matter because the guy who's turned off by that, again, isn't your person. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was trying to create closure, which like I've always struggled with Mm because I need closure and everything, like any sort of relationship. But you're right. The right guy will be like, oh, this girl like is 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 forward. And I, mm-hmm. I like that, mm-hmm. you know, and probably the right guy would continue messaging me and not just like Peter <laughs> off. As yeah. well. But it really did kind of change my perspective on like dating. And I'm like, I'm OK asking the mm-hmm. guy out. I'm OK being a little bit forward. Like, granted, I do want to be chased a little bit in the beginning. But if I like someone, mm-hmm. I'm going to let them know. And I'm going to be like, hey, what are you doing? Like, do you want to go for a drink or something? I love that. Because like guys also want to be wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It's like, it it goes both ways. And I think it's unfair that we have this expectation that guys should always do the chasing. And I say that as someone who like, 
didn't really ask guys out myself. So it's not like I can even be like, oh, I'm this person who is like so confident and so forward myself. I like sometimes wished that I were a little bit more that way, but I can at least recognize Mm -hmm. that yes, guys do need that validation the same way that we do. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend once, every time she matched with someone, her line was drink soon, question mark. Wow. Yeah. And I tried it and it did get me literally a date the next day. I was like, oh, okay, Mm. that was cool. So I was like, you know, why not? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how it started. It's how it like progresses and and ends and continues. And who cares Mm -hmm. if I'm the first one to ask them out? Like as long as something comes out of it, like that's the point. Yeah. And kind of going back to the rom-com episode, it's like we place so much importance as a society on the meet cute, but you're right. It is kind of the ends that justify the means. And I think that sounds like a very unromantic thing to say, but having a cute story doesn't really matter if it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I don't care how I meet someone like all the guys profiles are, they're no longer like this, but in the beginning, they used to be like, we can tell the, our parents we met, you know, on an airplane <laughs> or something. I'm like, it really, really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But a guy's profile is, oh man, there's a, there's a lot lacking in their profile these days, which it's like, again, that's only so mm. much that we can go on. Like they, they need like a crash course on how to take pictures too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, it is bewildering to me, some of the photos that guys choose to put up. And it's like, not even guys who are like clueless in all areas of their lives, guys who you would think have more self awareness, Mm. are just really lacking when it comes to which photos they look good in. It's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Again, because I know that I'm not trying to be as harsh when I come across someone's profile, and they don't have great pictures Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like, okay, well, let me read what's in their profile. And Mm -hmm. then usually it's like, I'm looking for my partner in crime, which I'm like, please stop using that. Like, (laughs) it doesn't tell me anything about you. Maybe I'm an anomaly. I don't know. No, that is such a trope. I think there's way too many cliches. And like, I imagine there's New York cliches as well, just as there are LA specific cliches (laughs) that it's like, we all need to just retire these. Come on. Exactly. One thing that I will say that came to mind, like thinking about guys dating profiles, is it's so interesting that now I'm seeing a lot of guys saying like, oh, I'm ready to like settle down and like meet someone, which (laughs) is great and amazing. Love that. But if a woman ever said that oh my in her God. profile, I feel like they alarm whoa, bells. slow down. Well, breaks, breaks. Yeah, <laughs> you're so yeah. right. It's like a woman could never say that <laughs> without being called clingy or desperate, like off the bat. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it just reminds me of this like Sex and City episode of like the the light being mm. on. So like in New York, when a taxi mm-hmm. light is on, like you can you know call that cab. And that's the same thing with the guy. It's like their light is on. They're like ready to go and they can say that. But as women, like we may not always be ready to settle down, but I think that's the thought is we are like we're ready to go. But by saying it, it scares some guys away. I don't want to say all guys. I don't want to like generalize, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of guys for whom it really has to be on their terms. Otherwise they get spooked. They're like a horse. Exactly. Exactly. Again, I'm trying to be a bit more flexible when I like look at guys dating profiles, Mm -hmm. because not everyone's going to be a great writer. I'm not Mm -hmm. looking for that. Even like, I used to be I used to be really picky on like, oh, their grammar is terrible. It's like, okay, let's, you know, not everyone is going to be great, literally on paper or (laughs) online. 
Like, let's meet them in person and see what's there. Yeah. And I completely agree with being open. I will say that's something I kind of struggled with too, of like, at what point are you listening to your gut in a positive way versus are you being too non-discerning, I guess. I don't know. It's a fine line, but I do agree. It's like you really Mm kind of have to open yourself up and not be as judgmental as I think online dating lends us to be because you just feel like you have all these options. Yeah. It's weird because when I look back on guys that I've met in person, I don't think I would have like swiped right on them online, Mm -hmm. which is really sad because they were good people and I was attracted to them. Obviously, you know, we we see with our eyes first and physical looks is really big. But, you know, for me, it's about like the energy that a guy gives off. It's Mm -hmm. the confidence that like really builds my attraction to them. And that has to be in person. Yeah. It's unfortunate that we aren't connecting with people that way these days. Like it does have to be online, which again, makes me very conscious when I'm swiping, like, you know, I can't fully judge someone on just like a 2D picture that I see of them. Yeah. I've said the same thing about all three of my ex-boyfriends. I wouldn't have swiped on any of them. And yeah, it didn't work (laughs) out, one could say. But it's like at one point I was happy and really liked them for some reason or another. So it's just something that's important to remember. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So kind of going back to the spreadsheet, I would love to kind of hear, were there any key findings that your friend found that were like particularly surprising? I remember her saying that the majority of time when she liked someone and wanted a second date, they didn't Mm. reciprocate. And then the opposite of that is when she wasn't interested in someone, she always got a second date. She was always asked out on a second date. I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know where that comes from, but I specifically remember her saying that. She's like, I just don't get it. She's like, I know as soon as I like someone, most of the time, they're not going to like reciprocate those feelings or ask me out again. But then the opposite is if I'm not interested in them, they're going to want to ask me out again. I, that is I don't know what the, the correlation causation to that is. Yeah. Super frustrating. There's so much to dive into there of like, is it this weird psychological thing where we want what we can't have? And so if you notice that someone's a little more aloof Mm -hmm. or that you're more into them, that it makes you want them more. Like there's a lot to unpack there. Obviously more than we can dive into just in our conversation. (laughs) Wow. You saying that, but that's so true. Like I know I have that mentality sometimes. Like I want what I can't have. And the more I can't have it, the more I want (laughs) it. Like this is such a stupid analogy, but I was in Boston over the weekend and I wanted to order like chips and guacamole from this vendor and they didn't have any chips, which was crazy because they were like a Mexican joint. And <laughs> as soon as they were like, oh, we ran out of chips. And I was like, I want chips now. <laughs> I want them now. <laughs> That's hilarious. I feel like, okay, oh, so no. a similar thing. Yeah. And again, I feel like now we're just going all over because we're comparing like dating to chips. And now I'm bringing in college. <laughs> but like when I was deciding on <laughs> colleges, I remember I was at first, like I was like, I want to go to Berkeley. Mm. Like that is the only school I care about. And then I got mm. into Berkeley. I was like, oh my God, amazing. And then I visited UCLA after the fact. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think this is the school. I think this is the one. And so I submitted like my intent to register or whatever. And right after I submitted it, I was like, I've made a huge mistake. Like I wanted to go to Berkeley for all this time. What do I do? And I had met someone who worked 
in admissions. And so I emailed her and I said, I already submitted this intent to register. Is it too late to switch? Can I go to Berkeley? And she was like, no, it's not too late. You can rescind it and you can come. And I was like, mm, no, I think I'm yeah. going to go to UCLA. <laughs> You're like, you're like, that was too easy. It needs to be hard. I need to jump through like, more hoops. I, I want I want to chase you. I was like, that was wild. As soon as I knew it was an option, it just cleared my mind. I was like, no, I made the right choice. That's so funny. But you know, it's something that's good that we're self-aware of, like, especially when I'm dating. I'm like, I need to keep that in perspective. Like, just because someone doesn't like me, doesn't mean that I need to like go chase after Mm -hmm. them and also vice versa. I think I've been realizing more and more that I focus too much on if a guy likes me versus how I think about them. Mm -hmm. Because again, it feels really good to have someone like you. And unless it's a hell fucking no, I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God, they like me. Like I was dating this one guy for like, we went on four dates in like two weeks or like a week and a half, which is like pretty condensed. He was really Mm -hmm. into me. And I'm like, am I into him too? And at the end, he turned out to be kind of a jerk. Um, But I was Mm -hmm. so confused because he was so into me. And I was on the fence. I was like, oh, maybe I I am into him. Like, I really didn't think and like step back and be like, well, what do we have in common? Like, what connection Mm -hmm. is there? It just, it, it really wasn't there. Oh my God. I have had a similar experience where I went on a date with this guy. I was really excited for the first date. We had all this great banter. And then he like had a huge red flag before we even met up for the first date. And to the point where we almost canceled. And then he like sweet talked me back into like meeting up with him. And he just came on so strong and like was talking about like deleting his app super early. And I don't want to casually throw out the term love bombing because that's a really serious thing, but like a little bit. And I was like, he is not my type. Like he already had this red flag. I was telling my friends because I went on vacation like right after our first date. And he was just like, I'm so excited to see you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this guy is too much. And Caitlin, I unfortunately ended up talking to this guy for months and he was so toxic and I should have just listened to that. But it was just like, he was so into me. And I was like, well, you know, like you want someone who is going to be really into you and who like thinks you're really special and really great. But it's like, that doesn't supersede everything else. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like, Oh my God, months. It's like, oh God, I feel for you, especially when it's like a toxic relationship. Luckily, this guy that I went on four dates with showed his true colors at the end, but he was very forward. He's like, this makes sense. And like, I really enjoyed being around you. I'm like, oh, maybe I enjoyed being around <laughs> you too. And the thing is, I think I was coming from the place of, am I attracted to him? And also, let me be open. Let me try to invest in someone mm-hmm. and not like, jump off the boat right away but it just it kind of just imploded and you know it was the best thing ever for me to kind of see his true colors like he had a rotation of three other girls that he was dating Mm. and he literally slept with someone in the morning that we had our date that evening I was like okay cool so I'm gonna go and this is great yeah wow at least he showed you like that's wild you know it's hot boy summer too (laughs) hot boy summer (laughs) it is hot boy it's not just hot girl summer it's hot boy summer I gotta remember that that's so true yeah it's like the same mentality that single women have like of course guys have it I feel like guys always think it's hot boy summer but now they have more of an excuse to vocalize it oh my god I've had like some crazy like 
forward guys just over even text. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you saying this to me right now? Like we literally just had like a few interactions. This guy, oh my God, this guy and I like matched. And even in the beginning, I was, I was kind of like hesitant. I was like, oh, he looks a little bit, I gotta say, he looks a little like Jersey bro. Mm. But I'm like, eh, it's cute. Like, let's see. And we matched. So we started talking and right off the bat, like after a first like back and forth, we were talking about like pickup mm-hmm. lines and we were just like exchanging them like, you know, for fun. And I think I, my pickup line to him was, are you from Tennessee? <laughs> Cause you're the only 10 I see. And then he goes, how did you know I had a 10 inch? Eggplant? No. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, <laughs> are we, are we, are, are we kidding right now? Are we joking? I'm like, do you say this to every woman that you literally yeah. just match with? He's like, I like to get it out there. Not every woman knows how to Ew. handle me. And here's the thing about wanting what you can't have. I was literally putting off this guy the whole weekend and he just kept coming back for more. He propositioned me for a three-way with oh. him and his best friend, then him and his best friend and his wife. And what? I was like, dude, it's not going to happen. But thing is like, okay, this is my bad. I kept entertaining it because it was hilarious. Because you're like, where else is he going to take it? Like, this was never going to happen. But I was just like, I'm a very curious person. I'm like, I just want to see what yeah. else goes on. And he wanted me more, <laughs> the more I was like, no, it's never going to happen. But like, this is what we're dealing with right now, post, you know, whatever COVID. I mean, Everyone needs to get some. Mm-hmm. I don't want to judge him, but just not for me. Yeah. I guess he was like, wow, imagine the accomplishment if I can like convince her, like get her to come around. Like, <laughs> uh. yeah, he like, he's like, oh, what are you doing Sunday? Me and my best friend and his wife are going to uh, like, you know, romp together. I was like, oh, I think I'm busy then. Thank you for the invitation. though. Also, that's really aggressive for a Sunday. It's like people are trying to meal prep. They're trying to go to bed early. Like they're not trying to have a foursome. <laughs> they're trying to go to church. Like, <laughs> like seriously, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. That is pretty aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. Yeah. Hot boy summer. Watch out everybody. <laughs> no judgment. Do what you need to do. Yeah. Live your life. Live your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was so amazing. But before I let you go, I mm-hmm. wanted to play a quick game. And it's kind of, you know, going off of the post date evaluation. So, you know, like, let's say you were to be ranking your dates or kind of just like going back and reflecting on things that happened. And it's off of first date etiquette. Mm. So it's basically headache or heartbreak. So imagine you go on the date, everything is great, and you do like this person. But this one thing happens. Is it a headache that you can deal with or is it a heartbreak and you decide you're not going to see them again? Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So it's nothing egregious. It's nothing like, (laughs) how did you know I have a 10 inch cock? It's really just like little things that might be off putting to certain people. I mean, that was just a little headache for me, but yeah. (laughs) Just a headache. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, green flag. Yeah. Green flag. Yellow. Maybe yellow. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the first one. So you had what you thought was a great first date, and this is applicable to a story you told. They text you more than 48 hours afterwards, and you've kind of already thought like, maybe I'm not going to hear from them. Are you over it at that point? And it's a heartbreak or is it a headache? And you're like, no, that's fine. We can move forward. Oh, I'm totally like, it's, it's a headache. You know, like, again, you never know what's going on in someone's life. I want to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Honestly, 40 hours for me is not terrible. I Mm -hmm. would like to 
think they would want to text me after 24 Mm -hmm. and like, this is pretty terrible, but I'd be like, Oh, you know, I'd be like a little bit like, Oh, surprised and kind of happily, happily surprised Mm -hmm. to hear from them even 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. It's not to that point where it's like, where have you been? You dropped off the face of the earth. It is kind of like, yeah, it is a nice surprise when you maybe think like, Oh, I might not hear from them, but they're still within the window. I agree. Exactly. Okay, so you have a date for dinner and drinks, and they show up wearing sweatpants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it is, you know, maybe they're still trying to get rid of COVID-15. No, you know, no judgment. Mm-hmm. It depends how the date goes. Yeah. Like, honestly, what if he's just hilarious? And, he, <laughs> and I might, honestly, I would totally comment. I would comment on those sweatpants right away, mm-hmm. you know? And if he can roll with the punches, he makes me laugh. I don't, I don't care. Like, that's hilarious. But if it's like, yeah, there has to be some banter about it. And if I'm laughing by the end, then I'm like, sweet, this was awesome. Headache. Yeah. So I actually had this happen to me. This was (laughs) pre-COVID. And I told one of my friends this and she's like, did you roast him? I don't know why I didn't, honestly. I feel like I was kind of like not in the right headspace or something, but luckily I didn't have to evaluate the date solely based on this. It wasn't like, oh, this was a great date but he wore sweatpants. I was like, it wasn't, there wasn't any chemistry. Like the conversation was a little forced, but I really was just like, what Mm. is going on? You know, like it was a trendy bar too. Oh my God. Like I would, that's exactly what I would do. I would roast them right away. And then their reaction to me roasting them is very telling. Like if Mm -hmm. they can handle it, if they can throw it back at me, like I love that. But if they can't, then like, it's not about the sweatpants. It's really how they can like hang with the banter. Yes. Yes, that's true. Maybe the sweatpants were a test and maybe I failed the test and not roasting. (laughs) I'm like so curious. Like I want you to go back and text this guy and be like, what the fuck with those sweatpants? Like was this a test? I'm so curious. And I messed up. (laughs) That was my my loss for not asking in the moment. Your one regret in life. (laughs) My what on my deathbed, I'll be like, but why did he wear sweatpants? Oh, man. Okay. So the next one, you're having a good conversation, but there's a little lull and they pull out their phone and send a text. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate that so much. That is a trigger. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what? I would comment. I'm like, who who are you texting? What's what's going on? Am I boring you? Like, (laughs) you know, and again, it has to be in the context of the greater date. So I can't be like, you know, I'm gonna write them off right away. It really depends on like what they're doing, who they're Mm -hmm. texting, but it's going to leave a pretty bad taste in my mouth. Like, yeah, I had a guy actually on Wednesday, I went on a date with the guy and he kept mm. playing on his phone and like showing me his like Instagram. And I'm like, I get it. What? Like, that's your life. He's like a personal trainer because he gets clientele that way. Um, I hated okay. it. Leave your phone. Yeah. Leave it. Leave it. You know what? For me, it's on the border. Heart, mm-hmm. Headache and heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty tough for me, too, because I am very much like I do not pull out my phone at all. Actually, like to detriment sometimes. Like one time my mom called me like four times during a date. And then finally I was like, oh, shoot, my phone's vibrating. And then I was like, oh, she's called me four times. It must be pretty serious. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like it's so rude. And like, even if the date's going poorly, I just feel like you can last through an hour, hour and a half without checking it. Yes. I mean, you'd like to hope someone can. I have like a smart watch. I put it on silent or what is it like sleep or I Mm -hmm. don't even wear it on the date because I don't want to be distracted. And I hope the other person 
has the same sort of respect and courtesy. If they don't, great. Then I know and there's not going to be a second date. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Okay. So the next one, you find them attractive, but you show up and it's clear that they lied about their height. And so when I say it's clear, I'm not talking about their 5'11". They said they're six feet. They rounded up. It's like, this is a noticeable difference. And I feel like it's kind of like, for me, it goes beyond the physical because you're attracted to them. It's more the integrity Mm. and the honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, that's tough. Um, I want to say this is something I would comment on to them, Mm -hmm. but I think that's really tough too. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. In the moment I might be like, Oh, I thought, Oh God, that's honestly so (laughs) tough. Cause guys are so sensitive about their height. Cause women are all about like, tell me your height, tell me your height. Yeah. The integrity part is going, I think to hurt. And I think for it to move forward, I probably would have to say something I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, like, you know, like, it doesn't really matter to me, but there's a huge discrepancy on what you put on your profile. So I'm like, mm-hmm. curious as to why, like, was that a mistake or something? And it depends on what they say. But I think this mm-hmm. just like goes to my theme is like, I don't want to write them off right away. Um, yeah. But also at the same time, it doesn't serve you any justice. You're going to have to meet people in person eventually. <laughs> why the yeah. fuck? Why? I don't understand this catfishing. It makes no sense. no. I always say this about catfishing. I'm like, if you are a successful catfish and you reel someone in, the jig is up eventually, you know, like, like, I don't get it. I don't understand. You're going to have to meet them. Or like, maybe you just have a constant like virtual romance. Like, I don't know, but it it depends. It's again, I'm on the border of like heartbreak and headache, but I think I might lean a little bit more toward heartbreak because like, why lie? But I want to know, again, I'm a curious person. I would want to know why. Yeah. I had a guy who I met up with and on our first date, he told me that he lied about his height on the app. And I wouldn't have noticed. I don't remember what the lie was. I think it was like he was 5'10". He said he was 5'11". And he was just like, yeah, you know, like I get to match with more people. Like I make it through the filters more. And he was a really nice guy. And he was funny, you know, it wasn't like there was some weird complex about it or I was sensing something else more toxic. I was like, all right, you know, I'm five foot three. It's not a big deal. Um, (laughs) And I respected him for being so upfront without me having to bring it up. So I was like, okay, I think it definitely depends on the context to your point. So true. And we're also the same height, which I love. Yay, short girls. Yes. (laughs) But apparently the rule with guys and their height and online dating is you have to subtract two inches from like their, what they post Mm -hmm. on their height. Yes. I don't know. I heard this really funny thing. I don't remember where I heard it. It might've been on another podcast, but someone was saying like, everyone who says they're 5'11 on the dating app is lying because if they were (laughs) 5'11, they would just say they were six feet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Now I need to reevaluate everyone I've met who's 5'11. To me, it doesn't matter. I'm like, just be taller than me. Like I'm short. Mm -hmm. Like you're getting a small package here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last one, and I feel like I know what you're going to say. So on the first (laughs) date, he tells you he keeps a chart of all of his updates to bring it full circle. I mean, I'm going to be like, show me that chart. I want to see it. Like, I'm going to be so interested and just like want to understand why and what sort of like trends you found out of it. For me, it's a headache. Like, I'm going to be so like curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I would have to see it. The only way it would be a heartbreak is if there's something like really crude on there. Like he's rating them and like 
how good they are at something in bed or something crazy yeah, like they're that. like boob size or something yeah that I'm gonna be oh speaking of like charts and keeping track the guy that I went on like the four dates with and he turned out to be a jerk he showed me his list of at least 50 women that he's like slept with over this past what, year what how did that come up like why did he show you that I think like at this fourth date I rejected sleeping with him like I didn't actually fully reject in his face I was just like hey I'm not ready to sleep with you and I think for him yeah. to show me how many women he slept with was to kind of prove how desirable he was. Like, I think that's where it was coming from. Ew. It was disgusting. Little did he know it has the opposite impact. Seriously, poor guy. <laughs> My gosh. Wow. Well, this was such a great conversation as I knew it would be. Thank you so much for being so like open and sharing your experiences. And the last question I have for you is, are you open to listeners sliding into your DMs if they maybe want to meet you or know more about you? I mean, sure. Why not? Like I said, it doesn't matter how we meet. As long as we meet and like something happens, I'm totally open for it. Awesome. So that being said, where can listeners find you? Oh my God. I've never, I've never given my handle before. Um, I'm <laughs> at K Zeffy. So K Z E F F as in Frank Frank and Y. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was so much thank fun. Thank you so much, Leslie. I had a great time. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.